Welcome to the Maximizing Outcomes Podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Achieving bigger and better results with money, family, and business isn't about creating a bigger to-do list for yourself. It's about who can help you create results without you having to do all the work. Listen as we provide uncommon perspectives, powerful resources, and experienced people that can help you maximize outcomes in your life. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Maximizing Outcomes with Jim McGovern. Jim, what is going on? We've got a great show lined up for today, and uh, I think this is going to be a topic that the audience, uh, frankly, this might be something they never heard of before. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, structured notes. We have a, a great guest lined up. Uh, but before we dive in, I, I just want to remind the audience that um, we're talking about investing today. This is going to be a new topic for most of you. If you haven't listened to episode 10, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that because that's where we talk about the fundamentals of building an investment portfolio. And we were primarily talking about stocks and bonds. And I covered that really with a three-step process where step number one is understanding what ingredients go into your portfolio. And you know, really, there's too many investors out there that are missing really important parts of their portfolio. There's the ingredients that are completely missing. The second part is, once you understand what ingredients go into the portfolio, what recipe are you using? How do you put those ingredients together? Because the goal is we're trying to uh, squeeze out as much return as we can out of the risk that we're willing to take. And making sure that you have your, your portfolio allocated properly is, is super important. And the third step is personalizing and customizing the portfolio. And that's where today's topic really ties in. We're going to look at different ways that you can further uh, work to, to try to alter that risk return profile in your portfolio. So with us today, our guest is Jason Barsema. He is the co-founder and president of Halo Investing. And we're going to be talking about defined outcome investing by using structured notes. So with that, uh, Jason, I want to welcome you to Maximizing Outcomes. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me. So appreciate you coming on the show here. Uh, I guess before we jump into structured notes and what they are and how they work, uh, if you don't mind, just share with us a little bit of your background and, uh, it, and really where you came from in the industry and, and how Halo even got started in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I, I spent my career prior to co-founding Halo in 2015 uh, at Credit Suisse. And so I, I joined Credit Suisse as an analyst right out of college, worked my way up to make partner in four and a half years. And ultimately, I managed one of the largest private banking teams at Credit Suisse, managing portfolios for ultra high net worth individuals, uh, family offices and institutions, soup to nuts portfolios. But as we're going to talk about today, Jim, there was a particular product called a structured note that were critical to my asset allocations. And about 20% of my allocations were dedicated to the product. Uh, my family also has a family office. So about 25% of our family offices is in structured notes and has been for 15 years. And when you start to unpeel the onion, which which we'll talk about on, on the show, I suspect, is they're one of the most elegant products in theory. They were one of the most inefficient products in practice. And you know, technology and Halo's technology specifically helped solve a lot of those inefficiencies and made the product available to everybody, not just the privileged few. Excellent. So let's dive in. Let's talk about what a structured note is. Because like I said, I bet the majority of our audience has never even heard of a structured note. So let's it's always, start real I always high say level. it's the biggest market no one's ever heard of. Well, speaking of which, I mean, how big is the market? So globally, it's a $3 trillion market, um, meaning there's $3 trillion of structured notes outstanding and over $1 trillion of structured notes get issued every single year. When you look at the kind of the global landscape, America issues anywhere from 90 to $100 billion a year, which may seem like a lot. But when you compare that to Europe, 
which issues anywhere from 400 to 500 billion dollars a year it's not so much and and even more when you look at asia they issue about 600 billion dollars a year so it's a relatively new product gym in the united states um people started to use structured notes in the 90s but really became a lot more popular within the private banks in the early 2000s as a lot of these european private banks opened up shop in the united states the problem of why a lot of people haven't heard of them is that they've only been made available to clients at a private bank. And by definition, you need to be rich, right? And so what we really wanted to do was we want to take the power of these products to provide the customization and the defined outcomes and the protection, as you were talking about earlier, but utilize technology to democratize these products to everybody. So now all of us can buy a structure note for $1,000 using Halo. What were the minimums like before? One to three million. And so, yeah, I don't know about you, but it pretty much ices out uh, you know, 99% of America. And what's interesting about that is that they are definitely, while they're a high net worth product in Europe, um, they're they're much more widely consumed. For example, you know, Halo has an office in Zurich, so I'll take Switzerland for an, for uh, for an example. You know, the average Swiss portfolio has 6% allocated to structured notes. And so when you walk into a Credit Suisse branch in Zurich, they offer you a structured note. They don't offer you a certificate of deposit or mutual fund. When you walk into a bank branch in Paris, you know, perhaps BNP Paribas, they offer you a structured note, not a certificate of deposit or mutual fund. So it just shows you how popular they are overseas. And now you're starting to get that popularity here in the United States, just given where we're at in the markets. You know, it's what do we do in this environment? So let, let's jump in. Uh, what What is a structured note? And so a structured note is an investment that's issued by a major bank, such as a Credit Suisse or a Citigroup or a Morgan Stanley or a Bank of America. So this is an investment that's manufactured or issued by a big bank. And a structured note is kind of like a candy wrapper. And so inside that candy wrapper is contains a zero coupon bond and a derivative, right? So that's the ultimate makeup of a structured note and how these things are assembled. No one really wants to hear all of the you know, specifics and how the sausage is made in regards to what is the zero and what is the derivative. The way that I used to educate my clients at Credit Suisse, because yes, they were very wealthy, but they weren't overly sophisticated in regards to their knowledge of structured notes. I always used to say, if you can understand these four variables, you can understand any structured note out there. And the first variable is the maturity date. Like a bond, every structured note's got a maturity date. That maturity can be from six months to 10 years. The advisor picks it. The second variable is called the reference asset, meaning every structured note is linked to the performance of something. That something is typically an index like the S&P 500, or it can be a stock like Apple, but a structured note can also be linked to the performance of a commodity interest rate or currency. So that's the reference asset. The third variable is called the payoff, meaning what do you get at maturity? And the two types of payoffs are usually income or growth, which we can get into later on within the podcast. And then the fourth variable is the most important variable, which is the downside investment protection. Meaning if at maturity, as long as that reference asset is not down by more than the protection amount, you get all of your investment principal back. And that's really the power of a structured note. So saying it simplistically, Jim, I always used to say that a structured note is kind of like insurance around your investment. It protects you from some of the downside loss or risk when owning the S&P or Apple and allows you to participate in the majority of the upside of that asset, just as you would buy it outright. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So what are what are some examples? Because I think you know, when you think about yeah. those four parameters, I think that's super important. You get the maturity, 
the underlying asset, what the payoff is going to be and what the protection is. But can you put that into an example so the audience can kind of visualize this? Absolutely. I'm more of a visual thinker anyways. And so when uh, when when you look at an example, I'll just tell you something that I personally did a few weeks ago, and I'm not making investment uh, recommendations or advice, but this is just what I did for my family of, a few weeks ago. And so I bought a growth note, and I call this my equity repair strategy, meaning when you look at where the market is, I want to have my cash deployed into the market to be able to take advantage of the market being on sale. And with a structured note, I can get that downside investment protection if I'm early and I can get some enhanced upside in case I'm right. So what does that mean? So I bought a five-year structured note. So the maturity is five years linked to the performance of the S&P 500. So that's the reference asset. The downside protection I had was 40% soft protection which is a lot because the S&P was down around 20% from when I bought that. So for me to breach the protection amount, we would have to be off 60% off its highs or 40% from when I bought it. And on the upside, I got 120% uncapped upside. So let me give you a few scenarios, Jim. And so when you buy a structured note, it's important to know that the terms only matter at maturity. So I used to tell my clients, if we buy that structured note today, go to sleep in five years and wake up and see what the performance of the S&P 500 is. And so giving you a few scenarios, if the S&P on the maturity date was up 100%, my note would be up 120 because I get 120% uncapped upside. Multiply the price appreciation of the S&P by the participation rate, and that's your return on the maturity date. I'll pause right there, Jim, and see if that was clear. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and you mentioned something. You, you said the word uh, soft protection. Can you can you spend a minute talking about the different forms of protection that it could be in one of those growth notes? Absolutely. So continuing on with the example, let's assume that the S and P was down forty percent on the maturity date. My note would be down nothing because I have forty percent downside protection. Now, conversely, if the S and P was down forty one, I'm down forty one because I have soft protection. It acts as a barrier. Now, some of your listeners might say, oh, geez, well, I mean, isn't the whole point of owning a structured note to have that downside protection? And I would say yes, but I'm taking money that I would invest in SPY or another US large cap core manager and allocating to this note. So when you put that into context, we're taking significantly less risk because it's got 40% downside. If you do breach, I'm at, I have the same exact exposure as I would if I would have put that into the market outright. Number two is that through Halo, we have a whole platform of analytics. So advisors can actually be fiduciaries and understand the risk and rewards of these products and also where they go in the portfolio. But taking this into context, the S&P has never breached that 40% on a five-year rolling period. Even if you would have bought a structured note on March 9th of 2004 and it matured on March 9th of 2009, you wouldn't have breached because again, it's point to point. We rallied from 2004 up to 2007, right? And then we had the pullback, that 40% still wouldn't have been breached. And so that's really the power. And some would argue, hey, that's too much protection, right? If it's never breached. And I say, well, look, portfolio management, right? Given my days at Credit Suisse, is just as much of an art than it is a science. And it makes my family feel comfortable about deploying capital and cash into this market because I don't know where the bottom is. I don't have a crystal ball and none of us do. And so this gives us that comfort of, of that protection. So, so is it safe to say that if somebody is, is looking at one of these notes, they, they really should be thinking about their willingness to own the underlying asset in the first place? 
Yeah. And I think it's more really around the protection, right? So when you buy a structured note on the maturity date, you get cash back traditionally, Jim. So there are, you know, there are some circumstances that you can, you can get delivered the underlying, um, you know, shares if you were to buy a structured note linked to SPY instead of the index, but 99% of the time people get the cash back. But yes, when, when you think about owning this note is your thesis for the note that I just talked about is that I'm bullish on the S and P. I think that we're approaching a bottom, but I don't know. So I want that downside protection in case some other macro event hits. And if I'm right, I'm going to get that enhanced upside, which is exactly why I call it the equity repair strategy, because instead of buying that note, what are my other choices? I could buy SPY. I could be an, I could buy an actively you know managed US large cap core manager. But with all of those managers and all of those strategies, ultimately, I'm going to get Delta one, right? One for one on the upside of the S&P. With this note, I'm getting 120% of the upside. So I actually can get my portfolio back to par a lot faster using this note, which is why I used to use these strategies as well, Jim, in, in, in the end of 2008 and early 2009 for exactly the same reasons. Just talking to your clients about putting cash to work after they've after they've already lost, you know, twenty to twenty five percent on a fully diversified portfolio is a tough conversation, right? So, Especially back then. I mean, we had the news headlines that even though things were already down significantly, I mean, a lot of the talking heads on the popular, you know, business channels were saying the worst is not even here yet. It's going to go even further down, and it was, it was scary times for sure to try to deploy new capital. Well, even right now, right? I mean, look at where inflation. Yeah, inflation's pulled back, but we're still at eight percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's still four times the four times the Fed target rate of 2%, right? We still have right. a, a war going on in Ukraine and Russia. We have a lot of macro events out there of China being locked down and the amount of debt that China's got on their books. We've got global central banks that are continuing to tighten and we don't know when that will stop. And so that's the whole point is if you own a home, you would never own that without insurance. If you drive a car, it'd be illegal to drive that without insurance. But why do we invest without insurance? It's one of the most important parts, important assets of our lives. And we take that risk every day by hoping and praying that the market doesn't get, you know, its knees chopped out from underneath it. And right. that's the whole point of using protection. It just helps us sleep a little bit better at night. It helps us stay invested and it helps us get invested in my example. That's right. And not to go too much further into the weeds on this, but I think it's important because I think there's some people that are, you know, they're thinking about the, like that whole soft protection scenario. Um, and they're going, okay, well, if I, if I hit that, that breach point, then I'm down as much as the underlying asset. Can you spend mm -hmm. a little bit of time talking about hard protection? Absolutely. And so, you know, hard protection is, is the other type of protection and, and very, very popular. And so hard protection works like a buffer, right? And so using the exact same example, if we had 40% hard protection. And on the maturity date, the S&P was down zero to 40. Again, you'd be down nothing because you haven't breached the protection. But if the S&P instead was down 41, you would only be down one because you're buffered, if you will, for that first 40% of losses. It's a much more conservative type of protection and what a lot of advisors use, especially if they're first starting off with structured nodes. Now, obviously, you're not going to get the upside that you get with soft protection because you're taking less risk. So instead of getting 120% uncapped upside, you might get 90% uncapped upside. And again, not to give a plug for Halo, but that's what's so cool and candidly addicting about our platform is that you can go on and you can price out any type of variation you want. 
we've got 3 billion combinations on our platform. So I like to go on there and I like to play around for my family to say, okay, what is the trade-off between soft protection and hard protection? But when I talk to advisors, they say, hey, Jace, you know, when do I know to use, you know, either soft protection or hard protection? I say, well, it's usually, you know, one of two reasons. Number one is because it's what your client wants, right? So maybe your client is a lot more conservative and the thought of being fully exposed is just not acceptable. That's awesome. That's totally cool. That's the whole point of Halo is to customize around what you want. So use hard protection. Or number two is it also, which is more of my case, is it depends on where we're at in the market cycle. You know, after the financial crisis, um, you know, I, I started using a lot of soft protection because I was bullish on the market and I just wanted some of that comfort of the cushion on the downside. And then getting into, you know, really 2019 through, you know, 2021, I started to use hard protection because I was really nervous about where equity valuations were and interest rates were. And now more recently that we've gotten this pullback, I've been using soft protection again because I want to maximize the upside again, just with some, you know, bumpers on the bowling alley, if you will, in case the market continues to pull back. So, so these are great examples for you know, people that are in you know the, the mode of their life where they're trying to grow wealth. Uh, how can structured notes be used for somebody who's looking to uh, you know try to create some form of cash flow? You literally read my mind. I was just about to say, you know, I, you know, we talked about the growth note, but actually the staple within my family and within my portfolios at Credit Suisse has always been the income note. And and candidly, I think it's the future of investing. Um, when you think about what I believe is where the investment world is going towards, and, and you talked about this earlier, Jim, but I believe that investing is going to be more personalized, which is what a structure note can give you. You might want hard, I might want soft, you want might a five-year note, I might want a two-year note. And so I think investing is going towards defined outcome. I think that most advisors who are listening and most individuals who are listening would say, my clients at the end of the day want to make five to 7% of my money with reasonable certainty. That's my objective. It's not about how much am I in in US equity versus international equity. And then the third is I believe that the world's going towards protective investing for all the reasons that we outlined before. And so the income note can check all three of those boxes. And so again, I'll give you an example of what I do. Again, I'm not giving an investment advice, just, just an example of what I personally do. And so I I, I love a three-year note um, that's linked to a few different indices. So this is a little bit different than the growth note because that was only linked to the S&P. On the income note that I used, it's actually linked to the performance of the S&P, the Russell 2000, and the Eurostoxx 50. So you're linked to the worst performing of those three. And this, because it's linked to US and international equity, this goes into my global equity sleeve within my portfolio. So I would shave a little bit from my US developed exposure, and I would shave a little bit from my international developed equity exposure, and I would use those proceeds to buy this note because it's linked to the S&P, the Russell, and the Eurostoxx 50. Now, on the downside, I have 30% soft protection. And so if at maturity, as long as none of those three are down by more than 30%, I get my money back. If one of those three is down by more than 30%, I'm fully exposed to the loss of the worst performing. Now, again, that might sound scary to some, but I just said that I shaved some of my long equity exposure to buy this note. I'd be taking the exact same risk as I would being long. And then along the way, to your point, Jim, is that I, on average, clip anywhere from an 8 to 10% per annum coupon. 
which is really nice because my family is mandated to six. So it ticks my boxes of having the protection, having the customization and hitting our return bogey of 6%. Now, because volatility is high, that same exact note is pricing around 13 to 15% per annum. And so when that happens, you can do two things. You can say, well, geez, I'm getting better yield. Great. My, my return target is six, but now I'm getting 13. Awesome. Or you could say, hey, instead of the 30% protection, why don't we have 40 or 50? So we'll still target that 10% yield. I'll just take you know, the pickup and, and, and more protection. And that's the cool things, again, that you can do with structured notes and the platform is just to run all of these different analyses. Does that make sense, Jim? That makes sense. Just one more follow-up question on the on the income notes. Uh, so, so you're saying that as long as any of those three indexes is not below that 30% example that you gave us, um, then the, the, the note pays out that, that fixed rate that it stated when you bought it. That's exactly right. And you get your principal back. And so, so when it matures, you get the principal back and then you, you go shopping a second time to figure out where do we go from here? Correct. And so coupons on income notes are usually fixed coupons, meaning you get them no matter what. Some issuers will call those guaranteed, but for compliance purposes, we'll call those fixed coupons. So you clip those, uh, of course, as long as the issuer is able to pay, which we only work with the you know largest banks like a Citigroup and JP Morgan and others. And so clearly- Every structure note is is at the be you know behests of the issuer being able to pay. So that's one of the risks of buying structured notes, which which we can get into, Jim, is some of the risks of structured notes. But counterparty risk is certainly one of them. But you on a fixed coupon note, you clip that coupon no matter what, and then at maturity, you just see if one of those three are down by more than the protection amount. If none of them are, you get your principal back. Now, what's kind of neat, and, and we've got a whole team at Halo that can walk you through all this, so don't worry about remembering every little detail. You know, we are a technology company, but we've got 35 people on our relationship management team that can handhold you through all these questions and portfolio fit. But a kind of a neat feature on, a, on an income note is that you can use a contingent coupon, which will give you about 2% more in annual yield. And that contingent coupon means that you get that quarterly coupon as long as none of those three are down by the coupon protection amount. And so I like to use those because worst case scenario, I might lose one coupon because the Russell 2000 might be down 35%. But even if the Russell 2000 is down 35% on the coupon payment date, nothing happens to future coupons and nothing happens to my principal. Right. So it's important to understand that you can add some of these cool features like a contingent coupon or a call feature. You know, that can be a follow up call, Jim, uh, for us to have. So we don't need to get too far deep into the weeds in that. But I love the income note for, for really three reasons. Number one is it hits my return target, as I mentioned before. Number two is that annualized yield is paid out quarterly like a bond. As I mentioned, let's just use round numbers. If that note paid 10% yield, Every quarter, I'd receive two and a half percent, right? Two and a half percent times four is is ten, and so it provides that income stream. And then number three is it's a great way and can be a great way to protect against sideways markets. You know, in these types of markets, it's really difficult to know what to do. What happens if the equity markets just trade sideways for the next two to three years? What happens if bond yields stay where where they are? You know, the traditional portfolio is going to be very very challenged, and it's not acceptable to go back to the client and say. Hey, we're flat. 
right? And net of fees, we might be down for the next two or three years. So I love these types of notes because they can be great ways to be able to get those defined outcomes. So at least a portion of the portfolio is generating some income and some yield. And one last question before we start to take a peek under the hood is you know, what do these things cost and, and how do they really work? Um, if somebody is trying to protect even further, I mean, are there are there notes that will protect all the principal? Absolutely. And so remember what I talked about at the beginning, which was, you know, structure note is a candy wrapper of a zero coupon bond and a derivative. And so when uh, we get a lot of questions of what impacts the pricing of a structure note, you know, what determines of a, I'm getting a 10% yield on that income note versus now you're getting a 13%. Well, it's a derivative. So when volatility picks up, the terms on the notes get better. And as interest rates rise because of the zero coupon bond component, the terms of the structure note get better, right? And actually rising interest rates have the biggest impact on the terms of the structure note, way more than volatility. And so to that question, Jim, is we're seeing a lot of interest in principal protected notes, which I've never really before been a proponent of because I've always said, well, geez, if you're worried if the S&P is going to go to zero, then, then you shouldn't be investing at all. Right. But now, because of where interest rates are, these principal protected notes are really interesting. And they can be a great way for advisors who have clients who are just really nervous about the market or they're going to retire and they can't afford to lose a nickel, but they can also afford to just watch their bond portfolio erode by inflation. This can be an interesting strategy. And so one that I saw recently, which I thought was was actually quite compelling, was a three-year note linked to the S&P you get 100% of the upside of the S&P subject to a cap of about 60%. And it's fully principal protected. And that was issued by, I believe, JP Morgan. So I'll walk through the scenarios there. And three years on the maturity date, if the S&P is down 50, you're down nothing. If the S&P is down 100, you're down nothing as long as JP Morgan is solvent. On the upside, if the S&P is up 50%, you're up 50. If the S&P is up 100, you're capped at 60 in this example. But that's a 20% annualized return. I think any of us on the on the phone here and listening would say, geez, I'll take that. <laughs> and so these are where principal protected notes can make a lot of sense, especially for advisors who have clients who are a little bit more nervous. So the, the key is, is that you have to understand the basics of how these work and then just start to look at what are my real objectives here? Like, what am I trying to accomplish with this part of my portfolio and, and see if there's a note that, that kind of matches that? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. And I think of it goes back to portfolio construction. So how do I use these things in my portfolio? Well, I told you how I use the income notes and that's global equity. And that's that's a reasonable case for me to hit my annual return target for my family. And on the growth notes, what I do, and something we haven't talked about yet, is that I do I layer those growth notes on top of my active managers within my long equity exposure. For example, I might have a 10% weight to US large cap core within my portfolio. I would take 7% and I put that to a US tax loss harvesting manager that I use. And then I take 3% and I use that five-year S&P growth note and I layer it right on top. And that way, if the S&P is down, I've got the protection. If the S&P is up, I'm getting that enhanced upside. But I just don't do that, Jim, in my US large cap core. I do that in all my other sub-asset classes. Take example for US large cap growth. I still do believe in active management. 
again, say 10% of my portfolio is in US large cap growth, I would take 7% and allocate it to an active manager or mutual fund, depending on the wrapper that you use. And then I take 3% to a growth note that's linked to the Russell 1000 growth index. And I layer that right on top. Why? Is because active management's been really challenged over the last 12 years. And so if the manager underperforms his or her benchmark, I have that enhanced upside to make up for any performance drag, right? And then on the downside, if the benchmark is down, my manager's probably going to be down and I have that protection to cushion against the loss. So it's almost like a two-way hedge. And this is how I built my business into what it was at Credit Suisse because no one was talking about this. And at the end of the day, every client has three objectives and they're, they're my three objectives. It's I want to generate income. I want to generate a reasonable return on my money. And I want to protect my money as most as possible, right? I want to preserve my wealth. That That's it, is growth, wealth preservation, and gener generate a little bit of income. And so that's why I really like these strategies. No one was talking about it and still it's a niche market. And that's why everyone, you know, ultimately came to Credit Suisse and, and my team because they love these products. And ultimately the conversation was, well, why are we investing in the manager? Just buy the structured note. And I'm like, well, you know, because of, you know, some of the challenges that Halo helps alleviate now, you know, I, I didn't feel comfortable, but, you know, if with Halo now, I do feel comfortable putting, you know, 20 to 25% of the portfolios in structured notes. Excellent. So th this is super helpful. I think helping people understand like how to conceptualize this. Um, if we go into the hood a little bit, I, I think a lot of people are used to when they invest money, they, they think in terms of management fees. Uh, and yep. yet when they invest in like a CD at the bank, you know, there's no explicit fee or implicit fee there, but it's the all bank's still making in. money. Right. So how does exactly. this, how does the cost structure of a structure note? Yeah. So, so a structured note, when you look at the terms of a structured note, I'll go back to my 10% yield example on the income note, Jim, is it's all, all the fees are baked in. So those are net of fees. So if I, if I invest $1,000 into that note, I'm going to get $100 of income every single year, right? It's not $100 less of fees. So everything that you see on the platform is net of fees. But if you're like me, I want to know what I'm paying. And so Halo charges 20 basis points per annum based on the tenor of the note. Again, all of this is already built in, but we always disclose our fees. And so if you were to buy a one-year note, Jim, that's 20 basis points. That's 11 basis points more than SPY, significantly less than any liquid alternative strategy, which I don't consider this a liquid alternative. I consider it an equity replacement, but still significantly less than the 75 basis points on average that you'll pay for an alternative, liquid alternative. And so if you buy a two-year note on Halo, that's 40 basis points. And if you buy a three-year and out note, that's 60 basis points. We cap it at 60. And that's a fraction of what the fees used to be you know, in, the, in these products. I always say, Google the word structure note and see what comes up. It's the FINRA warnings of the high fees and the lack of liquidity and the lack of transparency. And that's what our whole platform set out to do is saying with technology, we can remove 70% of the cost of manufacturing which significantly reduces the fees in these notes. So, you know, we charge 20 basis points per annum. You know, prior to Halo, it used to be three to five points in these darn things. You know, we bring daily liquidity to the product, which never existed before. And we give you a level of transparency. So we actually break apart the notes so you know you're getting a fair deal. And that's all done through our technology. And, and I think been really innovative in the market, which is why Halo did $7 billion of gross product sales last year after only being launched for five years. Um, and so, you know, those are the fees. On the issuer side, right, what does an issuer typically make? 
an issuer will typically make about 50 basis points per annum. Um, and so if you're looking at a two-year note, an issuer would usually make 100 basis points on that note. So when you look at the fees, yeah, the fees have been chopped by literally 70 to 80%. And they'll continue to fall with a lot of Halo's innovations that we're releasing in the next 18 months. So, you know, these things used to be almost impossible to understand. And the technology is certainly making it much, much easier and much more transparent. Um the question I get asked a lot from people is, well, how does the issuing bank make money in these things? Are, are they profiting based on, you know, if the market's up beyond what my cap is or, you know, can you kind of walk through like how the bank makes money? That's a great question. And so let's dissect first of why does a bank want to issue a structured note, which not a lot of people really recognize. And so, you know, number one, the bank is not taking the opposite side of your trade. As much as I like to poo-poo the banks and as we put all of our banks into competition with every note that you buy, which is <laughs> new for them. And uh, yeah, they didn't necessarily love that at the beginning, uh, but now they've really embraced it given the amount of flow that we drive to them. But um, you know, to that point is, when you look at um, you know the the banking side, they're not taking the opposite side of your trade. They're fully hedged. So, if I go and buy that five year S and P five hundred note, at the same time I'm purchasing it, they're going out into the market and hedging that. So they are neutral. So how does a bank make money? Well, banks embed their own fees into the product, as I just alluded to. It's typically 50 basis points per annum. And they're doing that not just to lace their pocket. They're doing it because they need to have some risk capital on reserve in case they mishedge. Um, getting very technical, but think of it as kind of their reserve just to, just to have a cushion against anything that, that went wrong while they're hedging the product. Number two is that and, and the primary reason why they issue a structured product is it's a very cheap form of, of deposits and it's a very cheap form of debt. At the end of the day, a structured note is a debt obligation. When you buy this product, you will see it as a corporate bond on your Fidelity or Schwab or Pershing statement. And it's a corporate bond because while it's linked to the performance of the market, at the end of the day, Jim, it's it's an obligation of that bank to pay you. Right, So it's categorized as a corporate bond. And as such, it's a very cheap way to accumulate deposits, a very cheap way to issue debt for these banks. And it's very sticky because most people hold their notes to maturity. So those are the primary reasons more than a bank making the fee of why these issuers like to issue structured notes. So are these insured? You know, if a bank were to fail, I mean, what, what happens to the client's money? Yeah, it's it's um, so if you're saying if the issuer is fails, not the custodian where the client holds their money, just so I'm clear. Correct. Correct. Yeah. If if the if, if the big bank that issued the the structure note just completely gets wiped out, what happens? Yep. And so at the end of the day, it's a debt obligation. And so you are in line with the red of the in line with the rest of the credit holders, Jim, um, to get your and recoup your money back. They're usually senior. Um, either secured or unsecured notes. In some cases, they can be subordinated, but that's all technical. At the end of the day, you're a debt holder. And so you get in line with the rest of the debt holders. There has been one instance where a bank has failed. So I'm very sensitive to that. And that was Lehman. And so Lehman was a big issuer of structured notes, knock on wood. I never had any of that Lehman exposure because I didn't trust their balance sheet. Um, but nonetheless, a lot of people did. And at the beginning, when Lehman failed, people got about 30 cents on the dollar. Um, you know, when when Lehman first failed and Barclays took them over. But over time, you know, Lehman 
note holders recouped the vast majority of their money, but that that took time, just like any insolvency. And so that's why counterparty risk is super sensitive. Halo does not get paid by the issuer. I am an independent platform. No bank owns us or invests in Halo. All of them tried, but we take an independent approach built for the buy side by the buy side. So we can always be independent and agnostic and make sure, hey, the banks that we have in the platform, they're good banks, they're solid banks, they're strong banks. It's all up to the advisor ultimately to make the choice of what they feel comfortable with. But again, we're not here to promote any issuer, which is really, really important. And that's not the way the industry used to be. I mean, these products were always sold and not bought. And with Halo, 90% of our volumes are advisors like yourself customizing their own payoff, which literally has turned this product into being bought and not sold, which is what I love. Well, the other thing that's interesting is that with the, the old days when the minimums were enormous, it was really tough to diversify amongst issuers. But now with the minimums the way they are, you, you might be able to, to build a portfolio of, of various notes from various uh, various issuers and, and try to Absolutely. minimize some of that risk. You can buy a structured note for $1,000. And so what I always say as a rule of thumb is you know, keep 3 to 5% of the total portfolio allocated to any one issuer. So if you're going to have 20% like I do, uh, or 25% like I do, or 20% like my portfolios typically were at Credit Suisse, um, you know, you would have five, six issuers within your portfolio. And, and on Halo, we've got about 17 issuers in the United States on our platform. We are a global company, so we've got 30 issuers totally. But in the United States, uh, it's about 15 or 17 issuers on the platform. So you have plenty of counterparty choice and more are coming. So one thing that uh, yeah, what we always talk to our clients about is that if you're going to buy a structured note, you should go into this with the full intention of holding that note until it matures. Uh, but, you know, life throws curveballs at us from time to time. Um, what can mm-hmm. an investor do or can they do anything if they bought this note and they really need to liquidate it? What are their options then? Well, life throws you curveballs, but you also might be right earlier than you anticipated, or you want to do some tax loss harvesting like we're in the season of right now, right? And so my beefs with structured notes, and one of the reasons why I started the company is for those of you who know Halo and know me, we were founded more on a social you know, perspective of democratizing this product and giving all Americans access to a more efficient and sufficient savings tool. But neither here nor there, one of my rubs with the product was... You know, back in the day, it's like, great, you're going to charge me four to five points to buy this note, and you're going to charge me four to five points to get out early. Like, that's total BS. And so, you know, we introduced independent secondary liquidity into the market. So we will give you daily liquidity back to the issuer, but we've also partnered with independent market makers, which is a first, that will make markets on most notes in our platform, which can reduce secondary spreads, if you will. Uh, from that four to five points down to 25 to 35 basis points on average. And so, yes, we offer you daily liquidity from that in case something comes up and you want to sell your note. But also, you know, in my example, right, I bought that five-year note linked to the S&P that gives me 120% uncapped upside. Maybe we fast forward three years and the S&P is up 100. Like, well, geez, (laughs) I got all my gains faster than I anticipated. Now, as I mentioned before, which is an important point, the terms only matter at maturity. And so if the S&P is up 100% in three years, I won't be up 120. I won't realize the full benefit of the participation rate. I'll probably be up 110. But I might say, hey, that's attractive to me and I'd like to sell. Now with Halo, you can. So we alleviate those liquidity problems 
as I was alluding to earlier, and I, I can't fully disclose it yet, but in 18 months, well, we're taking that secondary liquidity to the market to a whole new level. And that's what I've been spending a lot of times overseas. In fact, I literally just got back from Abu Dhabi. And so it's going to be super cool, um, super transformative and, and very, very impactful. So that's the liquidity side, if that answers your question, Jim. It does. And I guess last question on that end. And, uh, you know, just think about in terms of a, of a client's statement, when they invest in this, people are used to looking at their statements either every month, every quarter and looking at the values of things. Uh, how does the structured note uh, look on that statement? Is it really just whatever you bought it for, kind of ignore it because nothing matters until that matures? Or is there a like a, a mark to market on that, uh, you know, as those statements are printed? So there is a mark to market. So every day on your Schwab, Pershing, Fidelity, you know, whomever statement is that you will get a daily valuation. A structured note, as I was alluding to earlier, is a bond and it's a DTCC eligible bond. So it's a security. And so you're going to get a daily price on that security through your custodian and on the statement. Now, the problem with the custodial statements is that it doesn't give you much other than that. It'll tell you, you know, if you bought a structured note from JP Morgan, it'll show on your on your actual Schwab statement or Fidelity statement, it'll show JP Morgan MTN 0%, which means absolutely nothing to me. It'll show you the QCIP, it'll show you the value, and that's about it. Uh, and your unrealized gain and loss, just like a normal bond. The benefit of of Halo, not to give a plug, but the benefit of Halo is we've taken all of the lifecycle management and knowledge that I've accumulated over the last 15 years working with these products and put it all digitally under the platform. So you can go onto Halo, you can not only see your price, but you can see a lot of other important information like the description of the note. How far are you away from breaching the protection? If you own an income note, how many coupons have you received versus qualified to being paid? If you have a contingent coupon feature, what's the probability of my next coupon or the probability of the note being called if you have a call feature? We've got you know a hundred different fields that the advisor can have. And we've got performance reports that on the platform that you can show your client. So when you're sitting in front of your client at year-end review time, you can say, hey, here's the details of that five-year S&P 500 note. And it's a really, really nice you know, three-pager so the advisor can easily understand instead of all the 80-page jargon of a term sheet that you might receive in the past. Well, this, is, this has been excellent. Uh, just before we wrap up, are there any, any other drawbacks that investors should consider that we haven't already discussed? Yeah, I'd like to talk about two of the drawbacks and then one thing you might want to consider for your end planning quickly, uh, if if you don't mind, Jim. Sure. Um, and so the drawbacks, and I wouldn't say they're a drawback, it's just more of a consideration. Uh, and the consideration is, number one, the issuer risk. Be comfortable with the issuer that you choose. That is super important. We are not here to tell you which issuers you should choose. That's for your comfort. So be very comfortable and be very mindful of that. Number two is the performance of a structured note is linked to the price appreciation, not the total return. You do not get a dividend. And that's the opportunity cost for you to be able to have that protection and that enhanced upside. For me, I'm saying I don't really care about my 2% dividend yield because I've on that uh five-year growth note because I have 40% downside protection and I have 120% uncapped upside. So in many situations, I can actually outperform the total return of the S&P on the up because of that enhanced upside, right? And so again, not drawbacks, considerations. Those are the two primary considerations. Um, of course, you know, 
the liquidity, right? We provide you daily liquidity, but the terms only matter at maturity. So always, always be cognizant of that. Another thing that advisor can can consider as we're going into year end is uh, tax loss harvesting, especially you know going into the market or having witnessed the market that we just had uh, this year. And we don't give tax or legal advice, so please consult your own tax advisor. But something that I personally do is that I will tax loss harvest in some of my managers. And then I will use those proceeds to buy a growth note with some really nice enhanced upside. So going into the new year, you can sit in front of your client and say, yeah, it was a crummy year. Portfolio was down 15%. Portfolio was down 20%. But we did some tax loss harvesting. We were able to save some taxes for the future. And oh, by the way, we took those proceeds and rolled them into a really nice note linked to the index of that manager. And we're able to get some really nice enhanced upside. So when the market does turn around, we're going to benefit that as a multiple of the benchmark itself, right? And clients really, really, at least in my experience, really like that because at least you're doing something. It's not that we're just sitting on our hands and saying, oh gosh, it's been a crummy year. Hope hope 2023 is better. No, we want to play defense in the portfolio with structured notes, but we also want to play offense for our clients because they want us to be able to take action. And that strategy can be very interesting as you're going to New Year because it's a nice positive to talk about how we're protecting the portfolio and getting the portfolio back to par, perhaps a little bit faster with the enhanced upside. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jason, this has been super, super helpful and uh, really excited that you were able to come on to the show and, and give us some of your time and, and sharing some of your wisdom here. So uh, so thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, from all of our listeners for coming on the show. Oh, it's my honor, Jim. And and thank you so much for all your great support and partnership with Halo. And and as we remind everyone, you can learn more at haloinvesting.com um, or just give us a buzz. We've got plenty of people that will handhold you all the way. Excellent. And before I turn it back over to Eric, I just want to say to the listening audience that uh, you know this was designed to be uh, sort of an introduction to this topic. Uh, by no means is this a recommendation to buy or sell any securities. Uh, but it, you know, if it's something that's intriguing to you, reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, you just send us an email at info at mcgovernwealth.com, or you can go on our website and uh, just pop some time on our calendar. And we can talk about structure notes in more detail, talk about your portfolio, where does it fit, where does it not fit, and help you take what you've learned today and uh, and see how it applies to your, your real life. So uh, with that, Eric, let me turn it back over to you. Well, I'll tell you what, gentlemen. First of all, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, you know your craft, friend. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> all I can hope. say. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what. And Jim, I cannot tell you how nice it is to have a connection with you because like 60% uh, of that went right over my head. I mean, it was it was <laughs> really in-depth, which is fantastic. Uh, but this is what you do. You educate your audience. Uh, you, I know that you started this podcast as an education platform for not only your own clients, but others that would be tuning in. And you took the words right out of my mouth. If you want to learn more, you've got to reach out to you. Uh, can you give your contact information one more time? Because honestly, it, this was meat, right? I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to digest half of this and I have no idea. I'd never heard of this before. So this is, I, I think the audience is going to have some new insight into some really interesting stuff, but they've got to have somebody like you, you know, help them through this because it's, it's wading through a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the uh, easiest way to reach us, www.mcgovernwealth.com. Or you can just email us info at mcgovernwealth.com. And uh, yeah, don't, don't be shy. This is not a, an easy topic to wrap your head around. Jason did a great job, you know, making it real simple to understand, but, uh, but don't be shy, reach out and we'll, we'll definitely take it a step further and educate you on how this works. 
Absolutely. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast with Jim McGovern. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at McGovern Wealth Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Be sure to follow the show to be notified when new episodes become available. To suggest a topic or guest for a future episode, or learn more about how we can help to maximize outcomes in your life, visit our website at www.mcgovernwealth.com. This podcast is intended for general public use and is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or McGovern Wealth Group, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Jim McGovern is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. McGovern Wealth Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. CA Insurance License Number. 0F67329. AR Insurance License Number 7119103. California Insurance License Number 0F67329. Arkansas Insurance License Number 7119103. Compliance Number 2022 147337 expires December 2024.